Y'all are wondering what's going on. Uh-huh. We did the old switcheroo on you. Uh-huh. Yeah. See my beard? Uh-huh. And the black hair shows up good. Thanks, guys. Y'all can be seated. Good job. Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's Friday night. And it ain't football. No, glory. And Sarasota's here, and our Internet people are here, and we're so glad to be here. Yes, yes, yes. I know I'm, I don't want to say weird, because every time I say weird, Keith says, Phil, don't say that, but I, you know, I was going to say I'm weird, but I have a favor. Everybody that's sitting way back there in the back, would you slosh yourselves on down here to the front with us? Because i got a request to happen tonight. And if I'm going to do what I'm going to do, I would like for you to do that for me, please. Come sit down here with us where, uh, like Brother Hagen used to say, the anointing kind of flows. And maybe um, you got something going on in your life. And maybe the person next to you will just slosh off over on you. And there's lots and lots of... You can come sit right down on the front row, right down here by Mr. Wayne Dixon. I'm telling you what, he, he might not bite you, I don't know. But you can just come right on down here and join us. And uh, maybe Dave won't bite, maybe Wayne won't bite. I know Keith doesn't bite, so... Yeah, we got time to do it. Maybe you'll meet somebody new. Because I can't see you back there. And I don't ever get to see you. Look at how pretty they are. Come on down. You could sit next to somebody that could give you $1,000 tonight just by moving down here. It's a good thing. Good, good thing. Well, I did something I don't do very often, and uh, I told Keith I had something on my heart to share with you tonight. So um, he said, okay. I didn't have to, he didn't argue with me too much, so uh, I thought I would share it with you. And this is what it is. So many times, people think if you have faith, and if you have enough faith, you're never going to be attacked with anything. Right? If you could ever just get enough faith, you'd never get attacked with anything. Not in your finances, not in your body, not in your marriage, not in any way in your life. You'd just never get attacked. If you could just buy enough of that faith stuff. But you know what? It's just not that way. Because, in how many of you read the Bible with us this year? So you know in Revelations it talked about the over what? Comers. So in order to be an overcomer, what? You have to overcome something. So that does away with that stuff of you would never have anything to have to overcome, right? So... You know, in living in the ministry, uh, if you know me at all, every time I've ever got up in front of you, the biggest thing that I've mostly ever told is stories about myself. Right? So I thought tonight 
I would share something with you that very few people know anything about. Well, mostly nobody knows anything about except for my husband. And um, I thought I would share it with you because I think a lot of times people and ministers and uh, people in churches leave a wrong impression with people. And they leave the impression that if you have enough faith and if you serve God and if you're doing things right, that nothing is ever going to bother you and you're never going to have to stand and you're never going to have to believe God for anything and that nobody else has ever had to deal with what you're dealing with and so therefore they can't ever understand what you're going through. But it's not true. And let me explain. Over the past year, um, there have been some attacks physically on me. And nobody knew about it. Well, they just, the guys kind of down there in Florida saw some, some weirdness. But, you know, uh, we, there's that word again. <laughs> um, but, you know, they didn't really know what was going on. But I got a few bad reports this year. And... Uh, I'll tell you what they were because then I want to just go on and forget about them, okay? I was I had a report of MS. And I had a report of a goiter in my throat because I didn't eat enough salt. Go figure that. And I had some bad reports this year of things going on in my body. And I remember at one point one day I was in so much pain, I thought Keith was going to have to physically pick me up and carry me from one room to the other. And it just didn't get better for day after day after day after day after day after day. It didn't get better. And the very first thing that came to my mind was, why? What did I do? Why? What happens? Why? And I stayed in why zone for way too long. And the reason I'm talking about these things tonight is not about me. It's because if these things happen with us... It's like Keith said this a long time ago. He said, and I want to read it because I want to get it exactly right. He said, ministers are specially anointed to teach and preach the word, but not specially anointed to live it more than anyone else. So in other words, every day I have to live it, he has to live it, they have to live it just like you have to live it. We have to get up and do the exact same things that we tell you that you need to do. There's not any more anointing on us if something attacks us to overcome it than it would be on you to overcome it. The only difference might be is that there might be, should be, hopefully be more word in us maybe if we've spent more time on that subject like Keith had spent on healing. And so the question why? You know, and I did spend some time on that why question. And you know, I've joked about it here and there, and I've carried on about it with you guys here and there, and and I don't even like looking at Keith when I talk about it. 
But you know, one of the things with Brother Hagin that happened with him when he got attacked and almost died was about ministry stuff. That he wasn't doing the things in ministry that he was supposed to do. So there's lots of reasons that it can be why. But these is, this is one of the things that I've had to find out. Was that one thing I have to do is listen to my husband when he says, Stop. Don't work 24 hours a day instead of making a joke about it. Somebody's back here going. Because he'd say, Phil, do you know what time it is? Phil. And I would ignore him. And I wouldn't do anything about it. And I continued doing it. But in my mind's eye and in my heart, all I could think about is time is short. There's a lot of things that need to be done. There's this word that he has inside of him has got to get out. There's people that need to hear this. There's people that need this word in their life to overcome the things that are going on in their lives. I mean, we get testimony after testimony after testimony every day. We get people from all around the world contacting us saying what the messages is meant to them. We have ministers telling us all the time how they feed on his stuff and it helps their congregation. And all I can think about is we got to get this done. 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 And I could use right now a thousand people that would put God first and say, God is my priority. I don't care about anything else. I love you and brother more. We could just do this and we could work night and day and we could accomplish a lot for God. But what happens is you try and do everything yourself. Because you, you see what needs to be done. You see everything that needs to be done. But you know what? That's still you. And it's not a leading from God. And at some point in time, you have to listen to what God says. And it's just like these churches. Yes, We have two churches. And we run back and we run forth. And, you know, we could be not doing two churches. And maybe Keith could be dead. Because he was disobedient to what God said. I don't know. But the thing about it is, staying in the will of God keeps you well. It keeps you well. But so every day I would get up and I would feel these things in my body that was going on. And sometimes it would just feel like, okay, if you took a step, it would just tear that muscle out of your leg or something. And you'd keep going. And you'd wonder, well, you know, is this ever going to change? And the natural thing in your body is to just lay down and quit. It's the natural thing when things like that are going on in your life to just say, okay, today I'm just going to stay shut up in my bed and just stay in my room and do absolutely nothing today. But I just made it a point when those things were going on, I would text everybody I knew and and make the day harder. 
And Keith would say, you're getting more text. And, and I knew in my heart that I couldn't quit. You have to, you, ha- you, you can't just lay down with it. But what I did was every single day, I don't know if you have it or not, there's this healing CD of Keith Moore's. And it's anointed with healing. Because it talks about you being able to come out of healing and not stay out of sickness and not stay in sickness. But the problem that people get into when they're sick is what you really have to watch. Is when you're sick, you want to be petted. And you want people to do everything for you. And you don't want to, you don't want anybody to not think about you and what's going on with you. You want everybody to recognize something is wrong with you because you feel bad. And if you stay in that frame and that mode, then you're going to feel worse. The worst thing that you can do is do exactly what the devil wants you to do and magnify that situation and bring all the light and everybody that you come in contact with talk about the situation and talk about what's going on with you and talk about how bad it is and talk about how you feel. And the more you think about how you feel, the worse you're going to feel. What you have to do is, when you feel the worst, and you feel like you can't pick up one leg and put it in front of the other one, then that's exactly what you have to do. Is you have to pick up that leg, even if you have to hold on to stuff to pick it up. And you pick it up, and you put it in front of the other leg, and you put it in front of the other leg, and you get up and you go anyway. And you do exactly what you have to do. Because if you ever just sit down and stop, you've lost the battle. There were times in the middle of that stuff that my head would be so foggy, I could hardly remember my name. And I'd get up and preach. And I'd sit down and I'd say, what did I say? Because you don't quit. And you don't magnify whatever the devil's trying to do in your life. You think about what he's done, and you don't do dumb things. You, you know, you don't just push beyond, but you do what the Lord leads you to do. I remember one day, we were going somewhere. We were standing there. And I tell you, I think I have the best husband in the whole wide world. And I think I was probably... I don't know, maybe this far from him, and maybe further. I don't know how far I was. He probably remembers. And I started to stumble, and I don't know. I was headed down head first. I don't know how miraculously he got got to me and caught me that day, but he did. And in thinking about that, it made me think about your faith and your family. Because I was living with a man that knew more about healing 
than I think most people know about healing. Because he lived it, he taught it, he ate it, he breathed it for decades at healing school. But do you know what he didn't do to me every day? If you had any faith, you'd be further along than this. Get in there and read your Bible and get over this. If you had any faith, things would be better in your life. What are you doing wrong? Why aren't you already over this? Use your faith. Never one ounce of that stuff. And you know, we as Christians have got to really watch that kind of stuff. Because if somebody is really, really in the middle of a situation, it's rarely the time to be trying to teach them. Because you know mostly what they want to do at that time when they're hurting? It's all they can do to lift one foot and put it in front of the other one. And you're trying to teach them then? They may want to go, what? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know it? What you should be doing then is just loving on them. Mm -hmm. You can win this. You can get this. This is easy for you. You got this. That's what he did. This is easy. You got this. But somebody that's just continuously putting stuff on you, more that you've got to do when you already feel loaded down, is not what somebody needs. They need somebody that's encouraging them and lifting them up. You can got, you got this. It's going to be a good day. You got this. Things are going to be easy for you today. Not somebody that's always telling them their faith's not good enough to get in there and build that faith up. Come on, come on, girl. Go, go and get that Bible out. Do you read your scriptures today? Do you take your medicine? Do you read the scriptures? Medicines, healing scriptures. No. Encourage them that they can overcome it, that they can be who they're supposed to be, that the devil's lost. He can't win. It matters about the people around you. You cannot be healed for somebody else, but yet and still, you can help them. He couldn't get my healing for me, but yet and still, he could be the greatest encouragement to me, and he was always there, and he was always helping me, and he was always positive. It matters what you believe, not what they believe. He believes in healing. I know he does. But he couldn't do it for me. It was something I had to do for myself. I have to do it for myself. Every day when you wake up, you have a decision to make. Am I going to let this win today or am I going to win today? Whether it's uh, a sickness, a healing, or whether it's your money, or whether it's your job, or whatever it is. Am I going to let this win today or am I going to win today? You have to choose which one it is. Let me read you this scripture right here, and then I'm going to tell you this. Luke 5.23. When I was asking why, this is what the Lord showed me. And I thought it was so good, and I think it will help you. 
This is in uh, the King James. It says, Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. Which is easier? To say, Your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk. Is it the same thing? Is it the same thing? How many of you think it's the same thing? It's the same thing. To say your sins are forgiven and rise up and walk. So if it's the same thing, what difference does it make if you sin? You can still rise up and walk. Because the same Jesus that took your sins bore your sicknesses. The very same one. So if you sinned and you got sick, it doesn't matter because it's the very same thing that got your sins forgiven and your sickness is won over. You were healed at the same time. So it makes no difference when he comes to you and he says, why aren't you healed? You say, well, I messed up. I messed up. So what? It's the very same Jesus that got you forgiven that gets you healed. At the very same time, you can be forgiven and you can be healed and you can rise up and walk. So it doesn't make any difference how bad you messed up. It doesn't make any difference what you did or how long ago you did it or if it was five minutes ago or five days ago or five years ago or five decades ago. He said, you're forgiven and you're healed. It doesn't make any difference what word you say. So when the devil comes to you and says, you can't be healed, say, but I'm already healed. You can't be forgiven. Well, I'm already forgiven. It's the same thing. Because that's how he keeps so many people from being healed is because he keeps so many people from believing that they're forgiven. But they're already forgiven. And they're already healed. Yes. Doesn't matter how long you've had it. Doesn't matter if it's forever and eternity. 38 years, 40 years. It doesn't matter. Because the devil plays with people's minds and that's what keeps people from being healed. It's not the physical that keeps people from being healed. It's the mind that keeps people from being healed. It's what you think on all day long while these symptoms are bombarding your body. It's where your mind stays all day when you feel like you don't have the physical strength to do anything. Where does that mind go? What does it think about? It thinks about every little pain. It thinks about, oh, well, that's probably part of that. Oh, well, that's probably because of that. Oh, well, that's probably... And you've got to shut that thing off. You've got to get it occupied with something different. You've got to get it occupied with doing the things of God. You've got to get it busy with doing what God told you to do. If you just sit there in a recliner and say, oh, I'm sick. You're going to stay sick. And you're going to get more and more depressed and down. And it's not going to go well for you. But if you begin to get that mind turned on, 
And you begin to do the very thing that the devil does not want you to do. And start thinking about your future. Start seeing what your plan is if you're not this way. And this is the scripture that helped me the most. It's on one of Keith's songs. I would like for you guys to play that now. I think you have it. I would have him sing it, but he, I didn't tell him, so just play it. It'll help you too. Y'all got it? Make him sing it. I don't make him do anything. He, he's big boy. They've got it. And you'll understand, and I'll tell you what I'm talking about after. But it'll get you through things that you don't understand. It'll get you over the hump. It'll get you to being that overcomer. You'll understand it when you hear it. I think she's got it close. I think I told them. She's boogieing. Here he comes. And you can just close your eyes and get ready for it. I think you're going to like it. You've probably heard it. But if you'll just meditate on it for just a minute, it'll help you. Turn it up just a little. Just as though they were 
told you it was good. Yeah. Put up for me, if you would, that verse that he's talking about. 2 Corinthians 4.18 in the Amplified. It says, since we consider and look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are unseen. For the things which are visible are what? Temporal. Brief brief and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. And that's what we have to think about this stuff. One morning I was laying in my bed, and Keith has been teaching on in Sarasota, He's been teaching about our witness. How many of you knew that? Yeah. Uh, Sarasota knows it for sure. And he's been teaching about our witness. And, you know, that is what the devil is after, is our witness. And I was laying there in the bed and I was thinking about, you know, since some of these things have gone on, to me, something that really bothers me is I've gained weight and I've thought, you know, a lot of people when we first started the church got a hold of some of those how to reach your physical goal tapes and stuff. And, and uh, I, I can't be the witness that I, I need to be. And I thought, well, I have an excuse. I have an excuse, God. I have these issues in my body, and so I can't be the witness for you that I need to be. And immediately, something rose up on the inside of me, and I mean, I I just sat straight up in the bed, and I got up, and I got on my treadmill. And I could barely walk, but I got on my treadmill, and I thought, no, that is not true. I don't think I'm going to be able to stand before God and say, God... I couldn't be the witness you called me to be because I was sick in my body. He's going to say to me, Phyllis, why did I send Jesus to die for you? Huh? I I just didn't think that that would go over real well for him when I went to heaven. When I would stand there and I'd say, you know what, I I can't accomplish that for you, Lord, because um, I didn't have what I needed to be able to do that. When he gave the most precious thing he had so that I would be able to accomplish everything that I was supposed to be able to accomplish down here. Without excuse, without exception, he gave everything he could to me so that I wouldn't have to suffer. So that I wouldn't have to have an excuse when I went to heaven why I couldn't do what he asked me to do. And the devil is here trying to tell us we cannot do what God has called us to do because of either money or because of sickness or because of troubles in our lives. But I'm here to tell you it's a lie. Jesus came and paid for every single thing that you need to be able to accomplish everything that God has called you to do in your life. And you just need to rise up and get on your treadmill. And maybe you can't run 10 miles today, but you can run a half a mile or you can walk a half a mile. And you've got to start somewhere. But what people are doing is they're sitting around and feeling sorry for themselves. And they're saying, well, if they cared about me, they'd come check on me. Well, you care about me, don't you? Why didn't you come check on me? Huh? Right? 
What if I sat there and felt sorry for myself and say, I have two churches and none of them didn't even write me a card and say, we love you. Huh? How would that help anybody? It's not going to help one person for me to sit there and feel sorry for myself. It's not going to help one person or, or help me to sit there and feel sorry for myself because I didn't get a card from you. It doesn't help you. What it does is it feeds that flesh that you need to kick in the tail and say, get on the treadmill. Jesus already paid that price for you. You've got good things ahead of you. You've got a good future ahead of you. Your future is bright. There's good things. Yes, yes. There's a lot of people that need to be set free. There's a lot of word that's got to go out. You cannot afford to lay here in this bed. There's people that have to be trained so that you and Keith can continue to do more. This church, we've been here for 12 years. Every person in this church should be able to get up here and preach and take care of everything that needs to go on in this church. Huh? And everybody said? Y'all are grown up now. Y'all ain't two anymore. Right? We've got a job to do. And it's time we buckle on our belts and we get up and we do our job. There's things to be done for God. And the, the thing that the devil wants is he wants to do anything that he can do to keep our witness from happening and our rewards from happening. Everything he can, he's going to either attack your finances, he's going to attack your body, he's going to attack your marriage, he's going to attack in any place that he can attack. If you've got a little crack, he's going to get in. So what we've got to do is as soon as it happens, you get your both feet on it and you overcome it. Don't be condemned and don't be sad and don't say, oh, woe is me, poor pitiful me, what did I do? Say, whatever I did, Jesus paid for it. And I'm healed and I'm getting better every day. And I'm overcoming this. And that's all you have to say. Because that's where the devil wants to keep you in is, what did I do? How come this is happening? Doesn't matter what you did, Jesus already paid for it. All you have to do is get up and overcome it. And start looking to your future. Look into what God has good for you. Look into the plans that He has for you. Look into the victories He has before you. Looking to the good things that He set before you. And then the devil starts losing ground. When you start getting your mind off of this body, and you start getting your mind on the good things that's before you, then he starts losing. And he knows he starts losing. So what you need to do is you need to go home and you need to start writing out, this is my vision, this is what's going to happen the next year, this is what's going to happen the next month, the next five years. Yes. Get you a plan. Yes, ma'am. Set it out before you. If he said you're going to die in a year, write a ten-year plan. If he says you're not going to be able to walk, start practicing for a marathon. I mean, just slap him in the face. Just do just the opposite of what the devil's telling you. 
Don't give him one inch to tell you everything because everything he tells you is a lie because Jesus has already paid for it all. And it doesn't matter how bad it is or how sad you are or how depressed you are, Jesus has already taken it. Doesn't matter what happened yesterday or five minutes before you walked in these doors. It's whether it's easier to say you're forgiven or you're healed. Get up, take up your bed and walk. Makes no difference. I don't know about you, but I know about me. And I know that I'm never going to let the devil win. No matter what he tries, no matter how many times he tries, I'm not going to let him win. What about you? That's kind of quiet. Are you going to let the devil win? Because if he thinks you'll let him win, he's coming in. And he's going to throw everything at you that he can. But it's your job to get up and kick him in the teeth and say, Nope, you ain't staying here. And do whatever it takes. If he tells you you can't eat this, you start. You may get off of it for a little bit and you get back on it. You take a little teaspoon of this and a little teaspoon of that and a little teaspoon of this and... Hey, don't let him win! Don't let him win anything in your life because you know what? He's, he's the, the author of, if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And if you get, can't do this, then you 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 can't do this. And the next thing you know, you're going to have so many pill bottles in your house that you ain't gonna, you're going to have the grocery sack full to take home with you. And you know how insurance is going. You don't want to go there. Right? So we have something that can provide for us better than any insurance plan, better than any doctor can, better than anything that's going on. We have somebody that's called Jesus the Healer. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it doesn't matter what any doctor's report says. It doesn't matter what any friend says. It doesn't matter what any spouse says. You stand on your own two feet and you stand up straight and you say, By Jesus stripes, I was healed. And it doesn't matter what you did wrong. You say, I'm forgiven just as much as I'm healed. And you get up and you face the day and you do just exactly what God told you to do for that day. And you don't let anybody tell you any different. Don't let any person put any condemnation on you, any guilt on you, because you know what? Once Jesus forgives you, you're forgiven. Once Jesus heals you, you're what? Healed. Healed. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 That's what I had to share. I sure hope you got something else to share. Hallelujah. That's a good word. Praise be to God. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. I believe that's a word the Spirit of God is quickening to us tonight. Do you believe that? Somebody say overcomers. Singers and players, come get ready. We, so we'll be ready to sing when, when we get ready to sing. But... Uh, <laughs> we are 
overcomers. Is that right? We're overcomers by the greater one inside of us. Hallelujah. Now, it's one thing to talk faith. It's another thing to walk faith. And a lot of people that talk a good talk, when something comes up, they wilt. And they just fall right in to walk in my side and fall in a pile and cry and feel sorry for themselves. And that's how you perish. That's how you are overcome. Right? Being an overcomer is a choice. Right? It's a choice of what I'm going to believe, what I'm going to think, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do. And none of it is involved in defeat. Right? What are we going to talk? Victory. Overcoming. What are we going to think? What are we going to do? Everything that's connected with who we are in Christ, what we already have in Christ. Let's look just a verse or two, and then I want us to to celebrate it. Being overcomers. Hmm? Being overcomers. Being overcomers. Is anybody awake in here? Are are, are you? Huh? Because I, I know by the Spirit of God, a lot of people are dealing with some things. Just like what Phyllis has talked about. They're dealing with some things. People watching my internet. People there in, in Sarasota. And uh, the devil tells everybody, nobody's going through what you're going through. Nobody knows. <laughs> and the blues. It feels good to your flesh. Huh? But it's how you perish. You've got to resist that feeling of woe is me and nobody knows and I just feel so bad and I can't go on and nobody understands. That is not being an overcomer. That's being overcome. That's allowing the thing to overwhelm you and defeat you. And it's sad because we already have the victory in Christ. All we got to do is stand in that victory. But, but it's a choice you got to make every day. Now look with me in, in Acts. And make up your mind that you're an overcomer. Anybody believe Paul was a man of faith? Did he have to overcome anything to, to complete his life and ministry? Man, he gives more than one list in his writings of how many things he went through and had to overcome. I mean, beat with sticks, stoned, shipwrecked, I mean, on and on, betrayal. And he says in Acts 20, when he knew he was facing all kind of things, a lot of this stuff at this point was still in front of him, all these persecutions and trials and tests. He said, verse 22, I go, uh, Acts 20, 22, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will befall me there, except or save the Holy Spirit witnesses in every city, saying, bonds and afflictions abide me. But when the Holy Ghost says you've got major trouble waiting on you, 
Right? <laughs> Bonds and afflictions are waiting on me there, and I know I got to go. Huh? But what did he say? Come on, verse 24. And I just don't understand. I'm a faith man. These things are not supposed to be happening to me. That's not how a faith man talks. That's not how a faith woman talks. What? Tell me how faith talks. Come on, help me out. How does faith? None of these things move me. They don't move me. Huh? What's wrong, honey? What's wrong? They gave me a bad report. It moved you too. Look at you. Listen to you heaving. There's no faith in that. This thing is moving you. Hmm? What? Now you just told me you were an overcomer. Paul's an overcomer. How do overcomers talk? How to over he, and he's not just trying to make a good confession. He believes this. This is coming out of his core. This is how he thinks. This is how he speaks. Because this is what his heart's full of. Right? When symptoms, if they broadside you and slap you and your face is where your feet were just a couple of minutes before. Come on, what do you do? Come on, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, God. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's how unsaved people talk. That's how unbelievers respond. Come on, help me out. Help me out. None of these things move me. I was down in Central America years ago. And uh, while I was there, somebody told me of a woman minister who was in a bad way physically sick and had asked me to come by and, and if I would pray for her while I was in while I was there in the country. And she was a missionary and, and somebody who knew God and preached faith and preached healing. And I came and she was skin and bone. Last stages of cancer, cancer of the stomach, cancer of her intestines and just skin and bone. And, and I came in the room. She tried to raise up and couldn't, just kind of fell back on the pillow. And she said something. I couldn't hear her. And I, I leaned down. I still couldn't hear her. I put my ear right next to her mouth so I could hear. She said, Brother Keith, I'm just so weak because I can't. just comes right back up. And I've lost all this weight. And I just have no strength. I said, I understand. I understand. But uh, you know, Jesus took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. And with long life, He'll satisfy us and show us 
his salvation. She said, I know, I know, I know. But I just, I can't eat anything. I'm just so weak. I can't eat anything. Everything I eat, it just comes right back up. Can't keep anything down. I said, I know. I understand, sister, I know. It's hard. I'm sorry. That you're going through this and dealing with this. How many understand what Phyllis was talking about? If if you've never been through that, you don't know. You might like to think what you say and do, but until you actually do it, it's conjecture and theory. Right? Compassion should be shown. Not pity. Not feeling sorry for people, because if you're feeling sorry for them, you're acting like it's hopeless. And that's no faith at all. That's not going to help anybody. And yet, compassion should go out. You should care. You should be touched with the feelings of people's infirmities, right? You should be touched with it and care. And yet, I can't agree with you on the hopelessness of your situation. I can't agree with you about how bad it is and how awful and how there ain't no hope. I'm not going to agree with you on that. Hmm? I said, I'm beside the bed. I said, uh, I said, sister, you know, she's a preacher. I said, the Bible says, let the weak say. <laughs> now, she's so weak, she can barely speak. She, I mean, she's as close to death. Death was all over. And what she's saying? What she, she's so weak, so what she's saying? That, and, and it's the natural thing to do, right? The symptoms are so overwhelming, you're so full of the pain and the problems till it's just screaming to your mind to say it. And that's why you, you feel the push so hard because if the devil can keep this in your mouth, there's no way you're coming out. That's why you just, you almost have to bite your lips sometimes not to say it. Spiritual things are going on here. There's a conflict. There's a battle. And it's more than just what's going on in your body. It's what's going on spiritually. And... Uh, I said to her, you know the scripture said, let the weak say, I am strong. She nodded her head. I said, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. I said, I'm going to say it, and I don't care how soft it is. If nobody can hear it, I want you to say it. I am strong. She said, I am strong. I said, Outstanding. <laughs> hey, it may not look like it. It may not sound like it. But this is where major spiritual battles are turned right, right here in the spirit. You stop saying, I'm weak. And you begin to say, I'm strong. That's faith. That's acting like God. That's calling those things to be not as though they were. This is how you get miracles. I'm telling you. I'm strong. She said it again. I, I am strong. Three words. I, and you might as well say it 
don't don't miss this opportunity. I am strong. Only she said it in a bare whisper. And so I'd give her a minute or two to catch her breath and lay there. So we'd say it again. We'd say it again. We'd say it again. See, it's not just something you got logged in your head. Well, I know that verse. I know that. No, oh, the truth will make you free. It's what you do with it. Minute after minute went by. Several minutes. I don't know. 40, 30 minutes. 45 minutes. I don't know. I'd say, I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. I am And the Lord's my witness, in 15 minutes or so, you could hear her without bending your ear down there. You could hear her. It's amazing how fast things can turn around. I mean, within 30 minutes, she's sitting straight up in the bed, looking me in the eye. She's saying it loud enough, you could have heard her outside the room. And you, and, and you can tell, I mean, it's obvious. The power of God is working. I mean, how is she sitting up doing this? The power of God. And it excited her. As it would. It excited her. And it excited me. So we ain't going to stop now, brother. We, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, now listen, now listen. This is not about a magical incantation like hocus pocus, abracadabra. It's not a magical phrase. It's the truth in Jesus. If you release faith in it, power comes out of it. If you don't believe in it, nothing will happen. I'm telling you, in 45 minutes or an hour, she's talking loud enough. You could have heard her outside the house, outside the door. She and I both are, are, are shouting and carrying on. I mean, she, she, she looks nothing like what she looked like laying there whispering an hour ago. Nothing like, she's sitting up, now she's skin and bone. But she, there's life in her voice. Why? Because you're more than a body. You're a spirit. And a strong spirit will sustain a man. Even in times of bodily pain and trouble. I'm quoting scripture. She's looking at me. Tears of joy are coming down her face. I knew we, we've had a victory. We've had something miraculous happen, but I knew this is not the end. She's got to come out from where she is. She, she, she's been virtually in death here. She's got to come out. So I took her hand. I said, Sister, now listen to me. Well, you're not a sister, so. <laughs> I said, uh, we do know the difference around here. Uh, I said, sister. <laughs> I said, listen to me. Don't you say even one more time, I can't eat. Previously, she had said, she said, if I just smell food, 
get so sick. I can't can't keep anything down. I said, don't say it even one more time. I said, here's what you say, and this is all you say. You say, I have a voracious appetite. And when I eat, it stays down. I said, come on, are you with me now, sister? I, 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 I caught her eyes. I caught her hand. I said, now, you're listening to me? I said, we've had something happen here today, but this is not the end. You've got to come all the way out here. I said, say it out loud for me. Now, you don't have to say it in here tonight, but she, she, she's about starved to death. I have a voracious appetite, and when I eat, it stays down. And so she said, I'll say it. I said, I never again say, I can't eat. And when I eat, it comes right. I said, don't say that even one more time. And she said, okay, okay. I said, now listen to me. If you eat something and it hits your stomach and it comes right back out and you feel like you're puking your guts out, I said, are you listening to me? She said, huh? Huh? I said, when you get through puking, you wipe your mouth off and you say, When I eat, it stays down. Come on, are you listening to me? This is how you come out. Where people lose the battle is they go, Oh, I'm a faith person. I said when I eat, it won't come back, but it did come back, and I don't know. No, that's what faith is all about. You're going to see things. You're going to feel things that are contradicting what you're believing and saying. If you didn't, no faith would be required. You'd be walking my sight. I emphasized it to her again. I said, keep saying I'm strong. Keep saying I got a good appetite. So I left. She was happy. And uh, I was in the States about three months later. I was in a meeting and I saw some people. Somebody said, so-and-so, while you're in Central America, you saw them went by. I said, yeah, yeah. They said, have you heard? I said, no. What? I expected good things. They said, Man, they said, she's gained 15 pounds. I said, yeah. They said, man, she's got a great appetite. I said, yeah. (laughs) I believe she does. And her strength, she's up. She's moving around, even starting to minister some. Come on, are you listening? This is victory. Is God a respecter of persons or will he do this for anybody and everybody? But when something comes, you can't be moved by it. You've got to respond in faith and stand fast against it. Somebody said, tell me your response. When bad things come, something happens, none of these things move. Say it again. None of these things move me. Say it again. None of these things move me. Now go to Job. Job the fifth chapter. And I'll show you a response to follow up after you say none of these things move me. What you can do then. Now what don't you do? You don't cry and feel sorry for yourself. Right? You don't wallow in self-pity. Like Phyllis was saying, you don't, you don't, uh, pine away with why, 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 why. That was a word from the Lord tonight. It doesn't matter what you did. 
You're forgiven just like you're healed. You're healed just like that is a word from the Lord. Right here tonight. Isn't it? I hope you know you've heard from the Lord. Hmm? You don't have you don't have to pine away and wonder, wonder, wonder about that. You're forgiven. I said you're forgiven and healed. And forgiven and healed. I'm just as healed as I am forgiven. I'm just as forgiven as I am healed. Same Jesus on the same cross took care of both. Come on, is that right? I'm just as forgiven as I'm healed. I'm just as healed as I am forgiven. None of these things move me. And in uh, Job 5.22. Job 5.22 says, At destruction and famine you shall cry. Huh? (laughs) You've lost so much. Everything is so bad. So you cry. Huh? At destruction and famine. You'll be depressed. Huh? What do you do? The overcome are moved and are depressed and do cry and perish. The overcomers are not moved. And in fact, in fact, now look, we thank God for doctors and nurses, they're not your enemy. And uh, and, and God, I, I believe a man or woman can be anointed to be a doctor or a nurse, if that's their call, just like I'm anointed to preach. You believe that? And so we want to pray for them. I pray and believe God for researchers and doctors. And I, I believe God for them in faith about these things. But now... When somebody's telling you what they're seeing in the natural and they're saying this is too far gone, it's worse than it was, there's there's no treatment, there's nothing, then you say thank you for your time, thank you for trying to help me, right? And then you go back to your car. <laughs> huh? And that's one of the reasons you need faith buddies. You You need to be a part of a good faith church and assembly and faith buddies. That if, if you do tell them, well, well what what they say? What'd they say? Well, they said it's worse than it's ever been. <laughs> see, see, most so-called faith people don't even know how to respond to that. Well, they say it's worse than it's ever been. Now it's beyond treatment. If you go, if they go, oh, God. No, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you. You're my best friend I've ever had. (laughs) You are obviously moved. Huh? It's easy to stand up in church and say, none of these things move me, but when it comes down time to it, that's when it counts that it doesn't move you. You hear it, and it's like you didn't even hear it. Hmm? You know, Phyllis told you about some bad reports that she's got, and I'm fully aware of whatever. But, you know, when I hear it, I look at it, and then I go, hmm. By the grace of God, I've learned what to do with it. 
I am not going to let myself be moved by it. Because then what's leading me? Fear. Right? Huh? What I see, what we hear, what we feel is leading us and moving us. We're no longer being spirit-led. We're being fear-led, symptom-led, problem-led. No, I've learned how to do it with money. I've learned how to do it with feelings. I've learned how to do it with this. What about it? What about it? I got another report. Let me tell you about this report over here. And this is my favorite report. This is the report. Huh? This is the report. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Huh? Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Nothing. Have we ever seen miracles around here? Have we ever heard of healings around here? Are they going to stop? Are they going to decrease? What do we say? Virtually every service. And greater things than these. Shall we see all the glory, all the glory, all the glory be to our great God? We're not going to have less healings and less miracles. We're on a roll. We're coming up. So yeah, we, we know it's there. We hear it. We see it. But none of these things move me. And it's not empty talk. In my heart, I'm really not moved. Because I know whom I serve. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded. I'm fully persuaded. Like Abraham. That he's able to keep me, to keep Phyllis, to keep you, to keep us, to keep these churches. We're going to run our race. We're going to finish our course with joy, 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 joy. Joy. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What key are we in there, guys? That we better go to G then. Oh, greater is he that is in me.